Local Matters brings you incredible stories about Indiana original businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs leading the way. I'm Mel McMahon, and today we'll get the story of how Rocky Walls started 12 Stars Media, a documentary film company. We'll talk about the challenges and the successes along the way and why supporting local businesses really matters. You're listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana Originals, leading local living. Rocky Walls, thank you so much for being our guest today on Local Matters. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. It's great to see you. I've followed your journey for quite a few years now. And I'll never forget that the first time we met, I don't know if you remember this or not, but we were at some, I think it was like an old school or something. It was just south of 70 at some kind of networking thing. And you and I met, you told me what you did. And I said, oh, if I need somebody you know, who needs film production, I'll let you know. And you corrected me very politely, but you said, if someone needs their story told, let me know. And that has stuck with me. That was seven years ago. It has stuck with me for that long. Tell me why telling stories is so important to you. Well, first of all, I have to, I have, I'm, I'm kind of dumbfounded because like, I have a hard time believing that it was seven that seven years ago <laughs> yeah. I had it that much figured out. Like if you'd have told me seven years ago, I'd be like, oh my gosh, what did I say? I probably <laughs> said something really stupid. Um, you know, the heart behind that is um, a video or a film is is just a, a mechanism. It's just a delivery device, you know? And so it's really important to think about story because we're all wired to hear and, and respond emotionally a lot of the time to story. Um, and not that every story has to be a tearjerker, but it, it is. It's something that we're innately, hu- humanly uh, connected to. The ability to identify with somebody who's working toward a goal and, and really trying to, to achieve something incredible or the ability to identify with somebody who's uh, facing a lot of challenges and trying to overcome some obstacles. And, and these are things, and that's the most important part of a story is, is character. And so that's why at 12 Stars Media, we say, uh, and it's sort of our, our mission or our tagline, so I'll rattle it off in a very like, you know, memorized way, but, <laughs> but every word means something important. And we say that we tell the stories of interesting characters who inspire communities to make positive changes. So it's, you know, characters, communities, and changes. Because I think storytelling or the idea of story has kind of been thrown around a lot over the years and uh, we apply story to things that sometimes aren't <laughs> mm-hmm. and and it's really important to have characters in stories and so that's the best part of, of, of what we do and I think it's the best part of the the things that we create is being able to, to identify with people and hear perspectives that are sometimes like our own or sometimes really really different than our own well and that's how we learn right we learn about others and we learn about ourselves through storytelling 100 percent, absolutely and is this something that you've always wanted to do or what did you want to be when you grew up that is like for a lot of people i feel like probably a really funny question um the only thing as a child the only thing i can remember ever saying that i wanted to be when i grew up was an actor okay and that immediately was like crushed because my 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 mother (laughs) pragmatic as you know or or practical as as she as she is and was 
it was like you can't do that in Indiana. Like you know, oh. you're, you're not you're not going to be an actor in Indiana. And and I think by and large she was probably right. Like we lived out in the suburbs. There wasn't even like you know theater in, in our school or anything. And so um, I, I I'm glad that I didn't like try and pursue that really aggressively um, because over time I recognized and realized as as I think many people do in their career journey. Um, most of it now for me is all retrospective like I can see it clearly now whereas when I was in the middle of my career journey I had no idea what was going on mm-hmm. um, or, or at any point not just the middle but the beginning middle and finally now I have I have very cl- very clear idea but um, I just like I like connecting people I like um, putting smiles on people's faces or, or seeing the light bulb illuminate when they when they get it when they get an idea and so I think as a child, that was where like the idea of being an actor came from, like the idea of being able to entertain somebody or, or, or bring that to them. Um, as I got older, I, <laughs> I, actually, I actually went to Purdue to study molecular biology. Wait. Okay. So yeah, so science. Okay, science, So, so yes, I'll I explain, I'll explain because that was the one that's like doesn't fit. So like, okay, so picture a little, funny me like yeah, wanting rocky. to be an actor wanting to be an actor um, we're there named after rocky you know like the boxer, the boxer from the movie like you know there, there's all that and then like i was a youth pastor uh when i left college and then uh you know i started 12 stars media a storytelling company film, mm-hmm. filmmaking company and so the thing that doesn't seem to fit it's like way out in left field is this idea that i went to school originally studying molecular biology it's like what is that how does that fit any of these because all the rest of the things were very people centric mm-hmm. and it's funny because looking back now you know hindsight being twenty twenty, I recognize that all throughout high school I took every science class that there was to offer mm-hmm. uh, or the, you know that was offered to us and every year for three years we went to um, I think it was IUPUI where there was a a speaker his name was Sam Rhine and I think he's still I think he's still doing these presentations. He would give these presentations called the Cytology Update. And he would talk about molecular biology or embryonic stem cell research or fill in the blank with these like new and, and incredible inspiring ideas and concepts in science. He would do things like, Won't it be amazing one day when we can fill in the blank? And mm-hmm. then he'd look at his watch and he'd say that actually happened last week, Tuesday afternoon, out in some place in California or something. And like his delivery was so inspiring. I was going to say, it sounds very inspiring. He could have been talking about post-it notes or muffins <laughs> or whatever. And I would have thought I should go to school to be a baker because he was talking about muffins. Because the fact is, it didn't matter what he was talking about. It was his delivery. He's a great storyteller. That's exactly what ended up happening is I got captivated multiple times by a really incredible storyteller. And, you know, 17-year-old me wasn't smart enough to, <laughs> to separate the two and go, oh, wait, maybe it's not biology. Maybe it's being able to inspire people. Maybe it's being able to take a subject, any kind of subject, and convey it in a way where people go wow that's incredible so did you pursue molecular biology i went for two years okay i went for two years i did really well and uh, i ended up deciding to leave because i found out during those two years that i didn't i didn't want to uh to employ that as a career 
Um, and so wisely, I think, you know, for me now, I'm not, you know, I don't go around telling everybody they should drop out of college or whatever. But um, for me, that was the right choice to make because I had I had determined that I was um, headed down a path that was not ideal for me. And, and I was able to change directions in a way that, you know, saved me time and saved me money. And, um, and you know, I'm definitely in a better place now than I think I probably would be if I'd gotten a molecular biology degree. So when did you actually start creating films? I was creating films in college. Um, yeah, okay, let me go back and say I was creating videos and and stuff. Did you have the, the big camera <laughs> that you put the big VHS in? Uh, we didn't have, it wasn't a big VHS, <laughs> um, but it was, you know, tools that are very, would be very foreign to yeah. the average person nowadays. And, and there are what, museums now. Yeah, what I would create was not, you know, anything like what we do now. And I don't know how much of it was actually storytelling. As I mentioned, I, I did go into full-time ministry. I was mm-hmm. a youth pastor for three and a half, four years. Um, that was sort of my hiatus in between uh, leaving school and then starting a company, becoming an entrepreneur. Um, I did take on a role that was very entrepreneurial because this was a church that literally started up like the month after I left school. And so I was able to be on the ground floor of that. And um, I, told a, I told a lot of stories using video in that capacity. Um, we would film events and, and uh, tell the story of what our youth ministry was doing or what our church was doing. And that was a fun thing to be involved in. And, and it was, um, you know, an outlet that obviously, again, hindsight being twenty twenty, I can look back and say like, oh, wow, I was I was doing this then, too, just in a different in a different capacity. So what made you want to start your own business? Um, I had been disenchanted with my role and and with organized religion and church in general um i'm a recovering catholic it's okay say that very cautiously Mm -hmm. um i don't you know i don't want to offend anybody um but i was ready to explore other career opportunities uh i was ready um to think about a way to support my family, um, which at the time consisted of only my wife and I, but knowing that we would be having our first son um, within the year. So, you know, all, all in the same year of getting married, having our first child, and kind of being ready for a career change, uh, that's a lot happening at once. Um, we decided that we wanted to start a business. Um, both my brother-in-law, so my wife's brother, Zach uh, and I co-founded the company. And so he and I, I mean, you know, we could not have been more ignorant of like what entrepreneurship meant or what starting a business meant. I don't know if it, it might just be in my own head or my own experience, but, but my, my experience over the last close to 15 years now at this point is that Starting a company in Indiana in 2007 felt a lot different than I, I feel like, you know, over the last five to seven, ten years, I feel like the entrepreneurial spirit in Indiana and in central Indiana has um, gotten more support and it's more it's more discussed. It's, it's a real um, viable opportunity. I, I feel like when in 2007, when we were starting this, um, 
I don't even know that we ever used the word entrepreneur. I don't know that we ever said, let's start a company. I think it was more like, hey, we recognize we can do something that people might be willing to pay us for. Mm -hmm. And that was it. Yeah. And I think that's kind of how it starts for a lot of people. But now we have a lot of other resources for folks. Um, I drove downtown from Hancock County where we started the company. I drove downtown Indianapolis for the first time like ever. (laughs) Like I don't think I'd ever been downtown like on my own to go to a, a score meeting or score are you familiar with mm-hmm. the um the organization score yes they um help people uh, start, start businesses, businesses. Yeah. um i assume they're still around yeah, and, and yeah, functioning um but that was like that was the extent and then b and i in greenfield yep um, business where, networking international yeah where we started those were the two like the only two things that i could muster up as a 20 something that decided to start a business um and they were really valuable both those Mm -hmm. things i talked with my score counselor uh several times and um and and stayed in bni for four or five years um which taught me about networking and we're getting into the advice section already that's okay you're good you're good but there's there is a true transition from a hobby to a business yeah right you know hobby you you're there's something you love you're doing it for fun but when you figure out people will pay you for your talent, it's a game changer. Yes, 100%. I would, I would add you have to figure out people will pay you for your talent and you have to tease out whether enough people will pay you enough for your mm-hmm. talent. And mm-hmm. that was always, that was the first two or three years for us was these things that we like doing and even things that we are good at doing are they viable business ventures? Are they are they viable products and services to offer to people? Um, because if they're not, all of a sudden you've turned something you love doing into something you <laughs> dread right. doing because right. you're you're doing it to make money, and, but you're not really making money, and it's just it's just a lose lose. And um, that was one of the first pieces of advice that the the score uh, counselor. Um, told told me you know she she said hey you're doing let's make a list of all the things that you're doing and, and let's evaluate which one which things on 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 that list are really providing like revenue like genuine actual revenue for you and then evaluate maybe some of these things that it costs you just as much or more to mm-hmm. do maybe you don't do them anymore and I think that was kind of like a light bulb moment for me. It was like, oh, yeah, wow, that's really smart. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, uh, we need to, for lack of a better term, edit, right? Mm-hmm. We got to edit. We got to take some things out. What was your yeah. first film? Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to use that term loosely. or I'm, I'm going to interpret that term loosely and, and say that I think the first time we really did what we do now was when we were in Greenfield, our office was above a bakery uh, and cafe called The Bread Ladies. Mm -hmm. And um, the women that owned that downstairs were uh, just really great um, business women who could articulate what they do and why they do it. And so we said, well, you know what would be great? You know, keep in mind, this is like 2008 or whatever. YouTube is three years old. It's got very little if anything in the way of like corporate video mm-hmm. or um, commercials or anything like that yeah, um, social media is still catching on yeah yeah like we're literally 
up in that office bringing in people who could teach people how to set up a Twitter account. Like that was like a legitimate thing. It was like, hey, 10 people come into this office. Eric Deckers is going to come over here yeah. and teach you how to set up a blog. Um, and, and that was like, that was the time we were in. And so we, we told Donna, the lady that owned the, the bakery downstairs, um, what, what if we just came down and like interviewed you, put a microphone on you and asked you five or six questions and then just shot some video of the, the ladies all making the bread and the muffins and everything and then put it together so that you had something to, to put online that invited people who maybe have driven by or maybe uh, will be in Greenfield but they're not from here, give them an opportunity to see your space and, and what you provide without ever having, you know, having to be here yet. Um, what was the reaction when you told them that's what you wanted to do? She was all game. She was game. She was like a very forward-thinking um, person, and, and 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 basically anything that I wanted to do, she was like, "Yeah, definitely, let's do it." And so she did it. She did a fantastic job, and we we shared that. Um, shortly after that, the Indie Star did a story about Twelve Stars Media, saying like, "You know, what is this new digital video concept where?" a couple of kids with a camera can make something for you to put online and that's really different than the traditional mindset of television commercials or really big expensive corporate video. Um, And despite the fact that we started the company at the beginning of a recession, we took off like a rocket. And you've grown from that to filming overseas a huge production just yeah. before the shutdown. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that film. So, Finding Huga is kind of a culmination of my Zach and and, and my I don't know what the grammar is there. Zach and my realization our, <laughs> just our our realization <laughs> that we we knew we needed to go all in on storytelling and especially storytelling and, and, and film that would create positive change in the world. And um, we had been doing more and more and more of that. Uh, but our team, I wanted to push our team to do something really huge. And so keep in mind, you know, you know the last conversation about filming Donna at the, at the bread ladies downstairs was just me and Zach. Mm-hmm. You know, we had gone from just me and Zach to two you know, three people, five people, 10 people. In 2015, we took all 12 of our team members to Disney World um, on a big, like, let's become the best at what we do kind of trip. 2016 and 17, we had broken 20. We were 22, 23 people. We had a software platform that we had developed that allowed people to submit videos from directly from their cell phone to us so that our editors could sit there and edit and send it back to them. Wow. Uh, We were working globally. And in 2016, Zach and I were in Denmark um, on business. We were there meeting with two or three clients, and um, we just observed cultural differences in Denmark that we thought were really interesting. And we just kind of made a mental note of it and came back thinking, well, maybe it'd be cool one day to like do a, a short film or a series about the cultural differences, um, not really having thought about it much more than that. And then in 2016 late 2016 later that year this concept of huga like exploded and took the world by storm while we were all sort of looking for some reprieve from the political divisions that we had been feeling um, a lot of a growing sense of distrust 
um, <laughs> this this Danish like Scandinavian concept of like huga, this like quiet, comfortable, like being able to sort of retreat into the thing that you love so that you're safe and you feel comfortable with like your your people, your your people that you feel like really connected and safe with or, or just by yourself with a cup of you know tea or coffee mm-hmm. and a book this idea just became extremely attractive to people and dozens and dozens of books were published on the topic it just really took the world by storm it's like the concept of self-care it, right it ties right absolutely it ties right into the concept of self-care and i think especially um in in the west in america and in the uk where it blew up the most we <laughs> We love, like, novelty. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the idea of being able to talk about or or explore self-care through, like, a Danish word that we can't really pronounce. Mm -hmm. like It's appealing. Yeah. It just had had a, a, yeah, it just had a marketable factor. And so, um, it was our 10-year anniversary in 2017, and Zach and I approached the team, like, 17, 18 people, I think, at that time, and asked them what they would want to do as a team to celebrate our 10-year anniversary. And some things were thrown out, you know, like, well, we could have a party or we could do like a big marketing thing and, and make some some videos around like our 10-year anniversary, make videos about us or something. And um, eventually, unanimously, everybody narrowed in on this idea, like, let's make like one big thing. Let's take any amount of money that we would put toward a party or toward like even marketing or telling people that it's our 10 year anniversary and let's put all that toward making one big thing making it making a documentary film and uh immediately in my mind those two things connected like i went oh this thing that we've been thinking mm-hmm. about about denmark you know we're it's going been, to denmark exactly and so really that's exactly what happened like three or four weeks later i brought everybody together i showed them pictures of denmark so uh, the big trip, the the bulk of the filming happened. Uh, 17 of our crew members went to Denmark, but we went to Denmark, then the UK, and then Iceland on the way home. And so I, I was showing pictures of Denmark and the UK and Iceland. I'm like, you have any idea why I'm showing you these pictures? And people are like, are we going there? Like, and, and so that's that's what happened. We, we decided that we were going to explore this concept of Huga. We ended up going to those places, but we also ended up featuring people from Colorado, people from um, Manitoba, Canada, uh, and, and then and the other places as well. And so it was it was a really enjoyable experience. We still get messages to this day. The film came out in 2018. We, we got, you know, thousands and thousands of, of, of viewers across the, the world, really. I mean, it was in a Buddhist film festival in Thailand. It was in a film festival. Basically, every European country almost had, mm-hmm. had a film festival where it was featured. Um, we had several film festivals in, in, in the U.S. where it was featured. Um, but we got, the most important thing is we got messages from people all over the world who said, like, it was really important to me to watch this and, like, reevaluate back to your point self-care and and how important it is to think about not only not only my self-care but what am i doing for my community um because we live in this world now where i could spend all day on facebook trying to solve the world's problems but my neighbor right next door just needs a drill to put his shelf up because he and his wife have been yelling at each other about it. This is not a real story, by the way. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is totally <laughs> fictitious, but it's but it's a story that could be happening, right? And like, I have a drill, but 
I don't even talk to my neighbor ever. So I don't know that he just needs to borrow my drill, you know? And I think that that's something that helped to, to get us to where we are now, you know, because we're not a company that's going to travel the world and do an international documentary every year, or every other year. Um, that documentary, while it may not be the last one that we ever do outside of Indiana or outside of the U S um, was a very unique and timely uh, experience for us and grew all of us in really important ways. Rocky, sum it up for us. What motivates you to do what you're doing now? I want people to be able to make positive changes that are important to them. And I think that we make positive changes when we're inspired by others. You know, I, I, I this is like a kind of a, I don't know, maybe a cynical thing to say, but I think a lot of us live in, in, in a, a lot of us live our lives not really knowing what good is until someone else shows us, you know, um, whether that's because we second guess ourselves or we just don't know, or we really, you know, we like to have other people guide us through things. And so I think um, it's really valuable and important to show people what good looks like, like what positive change can be through others' perspectives and others' stories. Coming up, the challenges and successes Rocky has had along the way and what he wants you to know about starting your own business. This is Local Matters. Hi, I'm Lance. And I'm Mel. In the spring of 2012, we were walking around downtown Indianapolis. We were looking for someplace local for dinner. We threw out a restaurant name and Mel asked, Is it local? That simple question became a much bigger conversation and our company, Indiana Originals, was born. Every Indiana Originals member is certified local. That means the business is an Indiana-owned and operated company, headquartered here, and not part of an out-of-state chain. When you discover and support a business on our website or on our app, you are keeping more money in Indiana, helping our communities be unique, and creating jobs. If you spent 5% more on goods and services from Indiana, we would have $1.8 billion more for our schools and infrastructure. So when you break it down, that's just $35 per household per week. When you see the Indiana Originals badge, you know you are supporting local Indiana businesses. Download our app powered by B&W Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Drains and get your business certified local at indianaoriginals.com. Indiana Originals, leading local living. Hello, listeners of Local Matters. This is McFarling Foods, and you know, 2020 was quite a year. McFarling Foods was there through it all because McFarling Foods is serious about partnership. We are in this together. That's what it's all about. We care about what's best for your business. How can we help? And McFarling Foods is a partner to local, independent restaurants. Because, hey, anyone can sell you food. Wouldn't you rather have a partner? A partner who's invested in this same community. McFarling Foods. We're local. This is our home, too. It's where we live, where we work, and where we raise our families. See, nothing's more important to us than our community and our neighbors right here in central Indiana. Oh, and we are very proud to be an Indiana original. For more about McFarling, go to McFarling.com. That's McFarling.com. We've been chatting with Rocky Walls of 12 Stars Media, who started his business as a documentary film company in 2007. Rocky, what's been the hardest part about being a business owner? Uh, for me, managing stress. Um, I often talk with younger business owners young i mean younger like as in like people who maybe have started their business more recently mm -hmm. um and and 
I often get asked about stress. Like, does this, does this stress, the, the, whatever they're experiencing, does this stress go away? Like, will this stop? She's <laughs> laughing. She I'm backs laughing. up away from the mic so that you can't hear the, the roar. Um, I, my response to that is that um, the stress never goes away for me. It hasn't ever gone away for me. It has changed shape and form where um, while, you know, Zach and I would stress, Zach and I stressed in the first couple of years about whether or not we could afford $250 for rent yes. in this like place that, you know, basically the person was giving us practically for free anyway, you know, and so like the stress of minor expenses that were major at the time, like that, that goes away. Like, do I stress now about spending $250? No, I mean, I'm not frivolous, but I don't right. stress about it. Um, you know, there was a point in time where stress, uh, you know, I would have to stress about whether or not we were going to make payroll. That's huge. You know, mm -hmm. once you start taking on employees, that's like one of the most common ones that I get asked. You know, does the stress of like knowing that you're at least somewhat responsible for this person or these people, um, does that ever go away? And it's like, well, not entirely, but <laughs> like once you get to a certain point where you're not completely reliant on the cash deposits every other week to make payroll like there is a point where you become liquid and you become like okay like i could float payroll for a year if mm -hmm. i had to um and and so that stress goes away but like for me at least there's always something that i could be stressed about so it's figuring out how to manage the stress it's figuring out how to grow as a person so that i know where to draw a line and i know how to say this particular thing is outside of my control. I'm gonna do the very best that I can, and then I'm gonna let it go. What's been the most rewarding part about being an entrepreneur? I think it's an even split between um, being able to know the impact that some of what we've created has had on people, um, being able to know that it's changed minds and hearts sometimes, um, motivated people to give to a cause or motivated people to look at a situation or, or a person differently. Um, that, that's huge. That's like, you know, the big why of, of why we do what we do. Um, but, but the second piece is that over the years, 12 Stars Media has been incredibly fortunate and, and privileged to be able to grow as a company and be given the opportunities that we've got. And there have been a lot of people, not hundreds, but, but there have been, you know, num a number of people who have come in and out of 12 stars media. Um, there are people who maybe have never been on the payroll at 12 stars media, but they've been influenced by what we've done. Um, from like a, a professional storytelling perspective from, from a, a film industry perspective um i feel like it's really rewarding to know that we're um, respected for what we do um i don't ever meet with another filmmaker or another person in our industry and feel a sense of like like competitive nature or like a sense of like jealousy or a sense of like i don't you know I, oh i can't we can't talk shop or we can't share our our stories or our perspective and i feel like that that has become more and more important to me too as i think about how i grow and how i eventually one day i mean maybe 20 or 30 years from now i have no idea but one day i won't be doing this anymore so i'm thinking about what is 
what 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 is what is Indiana's filmmaking landscape look like at that point? Well, let's let's kind of build off of that. You know, talking about other people in the industry and stuff. You know, what would you tell others that want to start their own business? What do you want them to know? Um, starting your own business is as different of a story as you are as an individual. And I, I really think it's really powerful and, and important to talk to as many other people who have started a business so that you can verify that in your own mind and go, oh, there's like not a right way to do this. There, there are definitely wrong ways to start a business, um, but there's not a right way. And so some people will start a business like, like Zach and I did where, you know, we didn't have any capital. Um, I personally went significantly into debt. Um, Zach was 17 at the time. He worked for very little, if any, pay for a long period of time, which he could do. But, you know, there were a lot of compromises and, and, and stressful situations that we endured in those first few years. Not everybody's going to start a business like that, though. Not everybody can start a business like that. If you already have some significant commitments that you can't just, like, upend your life and all of a sudden stop making any money, like, okay, well, then you don't have to do it like we did. Like, maybe you have to do something different. Um, or maybe you start down a path a little bit and then you realize that that's not what you should do at all anyway. You should just stick to your day job. So I think that it's really important to get a wide variety of, of perspectives and then to give yourself permission to try things. I remember, I remember some advice that I gave to a filmmaker. Um, we were just walking around Noblesville and, and um, I, I shared this piece of advice that somebody else shared with me that I feel like is incredibly important. Um, it's that most decisions we make are reversible. And, you know, when you think about stress, when you think about starting a business, um, the majority of decisions you make are going to be reversible. Uh, quitting your day job and burning a bridge there may be an irreversible decision for a lot of people. So you have to take care with that and be very cautious there. But, you know, doing some extra stuff in the evening or on the weekends to, to vet the possibility of whether or not you can make a living or, or, or whether or not you could like, enjoy a hobby enough to turn it into a business is, is, re, is completely reversible. So give, your, give yourself permission to do those things, to make some mistakes, to try it your way and, and build the path that, that only you can really be on. And certainly um, temper that with uh, input from a variety of other people. But, I mean, I think, yeah, you have to give yourself permission to, to forge your own path. Rocky, why does supporting local and being known as an Indiana original matter to you? Being, no, being known as an Indiana original specifically is really important to me because, you know, I... I was born in Indiana. I've never lived anywhere outside of Indiana, although I've traveled all over the world and worked in, in different capacities, and I've met a lot of people um, from different cultures and different life experiences. Indiana is my home, and it always will be. And so both personally and professionally, I, I want people to know that that 
is a badge that we wear really proudly. Um, and, and, and I want other people to think about that, too. Like, I want people to understand that in Indiana, I love our Hoosier hospitality and I love, you know, Indiana niceness and I love all those things. But um, one soapbox that you'll find me on pretty constantly is that Indiana could could definitely step up their game in being proud of what we do and, and not being afraid of... Um, shouting about some of the things that we're really really exceptional at um you know humility is really valuable and goes a long way but but there's a place and a time for for being really proud of what you do too and and being proud of being able to put that stamp on what we do and say this is this is indiana people like this is what we do here this is what we make this is who we are this is how we do what we do here in indiana when you're putting that to action with a new project as well Absolutely. And we are super excited about the launch of Hoodocs, Hoosier documentaries that inspire uh, over the course of the pandemic and really coming off of the tail end of Finding Hooga. We really just grew in our appreciation for community, especially local community. When I think about traveling the world and making documentaries about other cultures and things like that i think it's i think it's got really incredible value to people but what we learned from finding huga was that you know the most important part about huga and self-care in a lot of ways was being close to the people nearest to you and 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 the, the people that um that you can feel the most comfortable with and then also um being willing to expand that to bring in and include people around you who are excluded right and and that's an important part of community we're we're living in a time where a lot of us are um our eyes are being opened to how exclusive Mm -hmm. a lot of things are um and, and and i think that starting in our own communities in our own neighborhoods our own schools um our own local government um there there's a lot of change and a lot of positive change that we can be a part of if we focus there and so hudocs while not entirely a you know an an activism kind of thing um it it is a it is a platform that's going to bring stories from around indiana stories in the form of documentary films uh short films uh series that can give hoosiers a perspective about other Hoosiers in Indiana, about Hoosier perspectives of things outside of Indiana, about history, about inspiring or sometimes even just fun and exciting stories to, you know, pop some popcorn and enjoy watching. And so I have had the distinct pleasure I can go ahead and I can go ahead, I think, and state this um, without anybody combating me on it. I have talked with more Indiana filmmakers in the last two or three months than probably anybody ever has. Um, I don't know why anybody would have done what I've done in the last three months unless you were building a documentary film platform and trying to connect with every filmmaker across the state that you could possibly connect with. So I've had dozens and dozens of calls. And one thing that I discovered in those calls that I had a hunch about way back in the middle of the pandemic is that there are incredibly talented storytellers and filmmakers across Indiana 
who do amazing work, not just beautiful films, not just things that are pretty to watch, but important, valuable stories that we need to hear. They're, they're out there in Indiana, folks, like creating, they're working, their blood, sweat, and tears telling these stories. It's a, it's a, it's a young person, possibly, or, or an older person, mm-hmm. who encountered a story and said, oh, people need to know about that. And guess what? Nine times out of ten, nobody came behind them and said, you're right, people do need to know about that. Let me give you a check so that you can tell that story. They're driven solely on the passion and the desire to share that story with people. And they're out there doing it, and they're out there creating it. And they're on one side of this, like, chasm. On the other side of this chasm, you've got a whole bunch of people, Indiana Originals kind of people, Mm -hmm. who value local. They're out there buying local products. They're shopping at local stores. They're eating local restaurants or eating local food, local produce, local farmed products from Indiana. And they would love to see these stories. They're on the other side of this chasm because there's not been anything that exists to bring those two groups together to say, hey, people who want to know more about Indiana, people who love local, people who have, have gotten on this bandwagon um, and, you know, in a good way, bandwagon of it's important to support local, but have never seen and don't know where to go mm-hmm. to see these stories. And that's what we're going to we're going to build that bridge. I want to shout out because I do I do want to make it clear that Hudox isn't trying to do this alone. Mm-hmm. And um, and I don't think that we're going to create some kind of silver bullet because we've got incredible film festivals across the state of Indiana. Indie Film Fest and Heartland Film Festival right here in central Indiana that absolutely do a phenomenal job of promoting locally created content, locally created films, short films. Um, but, you know, they're all carrying a lot of weight themselves mm-hmm. and you know just once a year they're they're or twice a year at times telling these stories um and and they've got a a lot of weight to carry in addition to that they're not only promoting local films they're mm-hmm. promoting all kinds of films and sharing all kinds of films so who is the bridge who is right the you're bridge. the access to that's, this incredible talent we have all across the state that's the goal and i'm like super can you tell like, I, I'm, like, your eyes are just lit up right now <laughs> i think you might have some stress in your cheeks from smiling so big while you've been talking about this and having a streaming service that features the talent we have here in indiana you know i'm all about it and full disclosure i'm honored to be on the non-for-profit board helping launch this and get hoosiers access to this incredible talent and rocky i mean there's so much to learn about you besides indianoriginals.com and our app where do we find out more about you how do we support your businesses well the the broadest way is is i mean i'm rocky walls on all the social media channels um except for like snapchat and tiktok and like i got i'm not cool enough i got old (laughs) (laughs) and so like instagram facebook and all that but also just rockywalls.com is my my professional website where you can find out about 12 stars media you can find out about hudox you can find out about any another number of things that i'm involved in um because all these things are incredibly important to me uh, and to the people that have, you know, like like you said, you know, joined our boards or um, on our team at 12 Stars Media, um, it takes a village. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, but, but you could start with RockyWalls.com or any of the social media channels. Rocky, thank you so much for being our guest today on Local Matters, and thank you for doing your part to create healthier, stronger communities and more jobs in Indiana. You are very welcome. Thank you for having me. 
And thank you for listening to Local Matters, made possible by Indiana Originals, Indiana.Gifts, and McFarling Foods. It's an honor to bring you incredible stories about Indiana Original businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs leading the way. Learn more about Why Local Matters at indianaoriginals.com and on our app, powered by B&W Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Drains. I'm Mel McMahon, and until next time, keep supporting local. Thanks for listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana Originals, distributed by the All Indiana Podcast Network. Download the Indiana Originals app, powered by B&W Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Drains, and check out indianaoriginals.com.